You only have one life to live, so get the most out of it. On Good Life, Great Life, join me, Brian Highfield, and my guests as we share success stories, habits, mindsets, and lessons learned by successful people. These lessons are not taught in schools, but are critical for getting ahead in life. Whether you want a successful business or career, optimal health, or a lifestyle that most people just dream of, Good Life, Great Life has you covered. After retiring from a successful corporate career in my 40s, I founded multi-million dollar businesses in the sports and healthcare arenas. Now, I help everyday people maximize their lives and speak regularly at seminars, on podcasts, and radio shows to share principles on the topics of health, wealth, and happiness. Don't let a good life get in the way of a great life. Join me today on Good Life, Great Life. Well, welcome to another episode of Good Life, Great Life. Today we have with us Luke Acree. So Luke Acree, he is an authority on leadership, lead generation, and referrals, and he is one of the owners of Reminder Media. Welcome to the program, Luke. Brian, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, our audience wants to get to know you a little bit. So give us a little bit uh, about your background and what led you to ultimately be one of the owners of Reminder Media. Yeah, so I'll try to give you guys the high-level short version. So I grew up in a family of eight kids. I uh, was homeschooled, something that's unique about me. I was homeschooled all the way to college. Uh, in college, I started my first business, which was Nextmark Design. It was a website company doing websites, graphic design, marketing for you know, really churches, uh, small businesses, because my dad's a pastor. Uh, so he connected me. I used his network, right, to get my first uh, sales. Um, at the same time I was doing that, my partner in crime here at Reminder Media, also my uncle, um, a guy named Steve. Uh, you guys should have him on the show. He's amazing. But um, <laughs> he was mentoring me and my brother, Dan, as we were doing our business, he was doing his. He reached a thing that I think is really common for entrepreneurs, which is just burnout. Um, he was doing his print business and uh, successful at it, but burnt out, not sure what he wanted to do, convinced Dan and I to join forces with him about 12 years ago. And so we all joined out 12 years ago. It's been an amazing ride. God's blessed us. We now have about 300 employees. I've worked with over 100,000 small businesses. So it's been quite the crazy ride, a lot of ups and downs along the way. Uh, but that's the short version of my my journey. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about Reminder Media and what does it do exactly? Yep. So Reminder Media is a marketing company. Our focus really is on the nurturing space. So every single business knows they have to stay in touch with their database. The question is not should you, it's just how. How do you do it effectively? And the pain point for most businesses that we see is they don't automate or have something to automate their drip marketing. And then the stuff that they do send out, quite frankly, is junk. People don't open it. It doesn't get good response rates. It doesn't leverage them in the right place. So we come in and we actually give them automated drip campaigns, but they're very unique and they are the highest level of quality. So I'll give you an example of just one of our drip uh, programs. So we actually create for your business, a 48 page coffee table publication. So let's say you're a real estate agent and you're looking for a way to keep in touch with your, your database. We'll create for you a magazine that you literally can, it will have stuff on the home, the outdoor, it's kind of like a better homes and garden, brands you and your business, goes out to your database six times a year. And we find that because it's a high quality coffee table magazine, people don't throw it away. They bring it into their home. They set it on the coffee table, the countertop. It lives in the home for about six weeks. We find it to be about a 58% referral rate 
over 12 months of sending it. Um, and then we do it both print and digital because I'm a firm believer in omnipresent marketing, which just means it's a fancy term to say you should be everywhere. <laughs> so we have a digital version that goes on your social, your website, emails uh, to people. You can text it to people. And so there's just one unique way we keep in touch with your clients for you is by giving you your own magazine. So talk about, I mean, and I, this may be obvious to some, but not to everybody, but just talk about, you know, why is it important to maintain that relationship with a customer? Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at all the stats, your most valuable asset is your database because they can lead you to your next client. They're really the bridge to your next client. Uh, retaining a client, you, you have a 16 higher uh, lifetime value of that client. And then also it's like seven times easier to close a referral than it is to close a new prospect. And so I always teach people that, look, relationships are the currency of business. Everybody knows that. Um, but most of us, what we do is we spend all of our time, energy, and money going out to the anonymous public that doesn't know us, doesn't like us, doesn't trust us. And we spend all our time, energy, and money there trying to get, like, imagine going to your local grocery store and trying to get everybody in the local grocery store to know you. What I tell people is, Hey, instead of spending all your time, energy, and money there, which is not totally bad. First, start and spend all your time, energy, and money on the people who already know you, who already like you, already trust you. I mean, to simplify it, use the six degrees of separation, right? Everybody's connected to six other people. In most industries, we find that the average person knows three to five people a year that need your service. So to use the real estate agent again, there's you, literally your friends know three to five people a year that need your expertise. The question is, will they think of you when that time comes? Or will they think of your competition? The only way they think of you is if you stay in touch with them and you build a relationship. Yeah, so Kevin Bacon will probably show up uh, as a customer yeah, exactly. someday, six degrees of separation, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, so I, like you said, uh, people, people, I think you're right. They're, they're spending a lot of money trying to acquire a new customer out there. And, and uh, marketing is not cheap, right? Um, you know, it's... It can cost a lot of money to send out flyers, cost a lot of money to send out email campaigns. And like you said, a lot of people ignore a lot of that stuff unless they they already know you. So it sounds like you're onto something in a lot of different ways to really just harvest the customers you have and, and get referrals out of that. Yeah, well, I tell people like if to give people kind of a framework, if you want to go look at your database marketing right now and go, is my database marketing effective? You know, over the years of doing this now, um, I have found that there are three things you need in a drip marketing campaign to really drive success. I put it into an acronym called FIT. So F-I-T stands for frequency, impact, and trust. What you have to do is you have to have frequency with your database. I chose the word frequency specifically because it has two meanings. One is the obvious. How frequent are you touching your database? Like how much are you sending to them? If you're sending emails or mailers or whatever, how many touch points should you send? And I always joke with people, the answer is more. The answer is more. There's no magic number, but the answer is more than you're doing today. Why do I know that? Man, after working with 100,000 clients, I'll give you just one example. I have a client, Brian Harris. He's in Annapolis, Maryland. He, he manages $1.2 billion in assets. He's a financial advisor, mega producer. He sends 275 touch points or does 275 touch points for his clients a year. 275. Now, most people, when they hear that, they go, that seems like overkill. That's crazy. And it would be if he only used one frequency. See, I chose the word frequency because it's not just about the number of touch points. It's also the channel of touch points. And if you boil down marketing, there's like six channels that you can use pretty effectively. There's the mailbox. So direct mail. There's the email inbox. There's social media. There's face-to-face. -face, there's phone-to-phone. 
and they're screen to screen, like a text message, a video message, a Zoom call. Brian Harris, when you look at his 275 touch points that he's doing, he's using all six of those frequencies. He has client events. He's sending birthday cards. He has an email going out weekly. He's posting on social consistently. And here's the effect. You feel like Brian's always in front of you, but never overbearing. And you never forget him. So you need frequency of touching, but you also need to use all the frequency channels that you can to be omnipresent. The second thing is you have to have impact, right? It's FIT. You can be frequent with people with a piece of trash and it won't do you any good, right? And a lot of people market this way is they just send promotional items. People glance at it, they throw it away. You need impact in what you send. How do you get impact? The hack I give to people is impact a lot of times is driven by personalization. So Google and Facebook, they make billions of dollars. Why? Because they, they watch what you click on. They track what you search. They build a marketing profile on you and they go, Brian is really into podcasting. He's really into XYZ. Let's serve him relevant, meaning personalized ads that have to do with those topics. And because they're personal to you, you pay attention. So if you're a service-based professional, a network marketer, somebody who's more relationship-driven, how do you take that same approach and apply it to your touch points? One hack that I give people is called the Ford Method. So Ford stands for family, occupation, recreation, dreams. So if you're a network marketer right now and you have a list of prospects in your database or a list of clientele, ask yourself, do you have the Ford Method on them? Do you know their family? Do they, you know their occupation? Do you know their recreation? Do you know their dreams? Because guess what? When you know those four pillars on somebody, you probably have a good relationship with them and you can use it to build a touchpoint campaign and market to them. So if you know Luke Acree and his wife, Megan, were married for 10 years this year, you could send a nice thank you or anniversary card to us on our anniversary because you're tied in from that personalization. Not only that, if you know Luke Acree is a Washington Commanders fan. <laughs> you can literally go, Luke, I feel for you, man. The Washington commanders suck. And you could send me that text <laughs> message, right? And because it's personal, it's actually a, a touch point from my advisor or real estate agent or network marketing person that's personal. And it actually doesn't feel like marketing, but I think of their brand and I think of them. And so you have to create impact with what you send. And it can be as simple as just doing personalized touch points to your clients. And then the T stands for trust. Because you can be frequent with impact and still not wind up with business because they might just become your best friend, but they don't know you're the real estate agent or a financial advisor or network marketer. So how do you build trust? And I always tell people, you want to be the SME. The SME stands for subject matter expert. When people wake up today and they think of your industry they should think of you, that there's nobody that knows more about insurance or nobody knows more about real estate than Luke. So how do you get them to do that? I think there's three ways in your drip campaign that it's pretty effective to build you as the subject matter expert. One is showcase your accolades. So to me, right, there's tons of marketers out there. I mean, just tons, tons of marketing companies. So me showcasing my accolades, hey, I've been on the Inc. 5000 list four years in a row. So fastest 5,000 growing companies in America. I've been in business for 18 years. I've helped 100,000 clients. All of these are accolades, humble brags that can raise my credibility in the minds of my clients. So you might not have a ton of awards or a ton of things, but how long have you been in business? How many clients have you helped? Showcase some of these things to build some credibility and trust that you know what you're talking about. Second way is, what do your clients say about you? 
right? It's one thing for me to say Brian Harris manages $1.2 billion, makes $6 million a year. It's another thing for him to get up on stage and say, hey, I make $6 million a year and Luke A. Create Reminder Media, they are incredible and they help me with all my drip marketing. Like that's a lot more powerful. So how do you showcase in your drip marketing client testimonials? Not just the actual testimonial, turn it into a story. Film a video of your client saying it. Do a case study. That can be part of your drip. It shouldn't be all of your drips, but it can be a part of it. And then the third way is probably the hardest for people, but the most effective. It's actually what you're doing right now. It's putting out free educational content consistently. So like your podcast right here is great. I'm assuming free. Free yeah. educational content that elevates you as a subject matter expert. I know this because I have a podcast myself called Stay Paid. I've been doing it for about five years. Um, I, I promise you, like the first three years, nobody listened. Like nobody. <laughs> I, I come from a family of eight kids. My seven siblings didn't listen. Like nobody <laughs> listened to my podcast for literally like three years. I'm putting out episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, no listeners. And I'm trying to be known as an expert in sales and marketing. So I'm putting out content on that. I'm interviewing people on that. Now it's one of our biggest lead generators. We're always usually in the top 30 or so of Apple uh, marketing podcasts. And it's a great branding tool for me that gets me on other podcasts like yours, gets me on stages to speak because I've consistently put out educational content on the subject matter that I want to be known as an expert in. So if you're thinking, what type of content should I do? I always tell people, write down your frequently asked questions. That's your content. And develop what I call are your content pillars and your value pillars. So your content pillars would be what are the topics you want to speak on? So for me, I like to speak on marketing. I like to speak on sales. I like to speak on my faith. I like to speak on my family. These are my content pillars. So when I'm going to post on social, write an email, write a blog, I'm like, hey, I want to write a blog or, or do a social post on one of these content pillars. But then I have my value pillars. And my value pillars are how I'm going to talk about this content. So one of my value pillars is I want to be educational. So if I'm going to speak on marketing, I want to be educational on how I post about that. Another value pillar is I want to be entertaining. So maybe I do a marketing post that's entertaining. I want to be inspirational is a value pillar for me. So that content now will be inspirational. I want to be relatable. So I want to do a more relatable type uh, post on that content. So what's really neat about defining your content pillars and your value pillars is you can take one piece of content and now have four different ways you're going to do that content. And it multiplies really easily for you, your content creation to be able to be consistent, which ties into the frequency. So that I know that was a lot of stuff, but it's really, that's the key is, is your marketing fit? Is it frequent, impactful, and also brands you as the person of trust? And if it does, that's where you get referrals. That's where you get repeat business from. Yeah, and I've been, I've been scrambling and taking notes as you're talking too, because I think just what you said just there, I think that that is like marketing 101 if you're in social marketing, you know, doing social media marketing, because I, I hear those same things. It's, it's you know, talk about, uh, you, you talk about educating them, but you're adding value. And that way they don't hit the unsubscribe link on your emails. Correct. They're, they're not unfriending you. I mean, they, you got more people following what you're doing, whatever medium you're going, because you're adding value to their lives. Yep. Spot on. Yep. Most people struggle putting out content because they want their content to be great. And I just got news for you guys. There's so much content out there. The chances of yours being great is a lot lower today than it used to be. It's better to go with volume. 
It's better to be consistent, go with volume. It doesn't mean you sacrifice trying to do good content. I just would not overthink it. It used to be there wasn't as much noise. There is so much noise mm -hmm. now. It, you got to just pump out content. And if you don't have the time to do it, try to do a long form piece of content and then repurpose it, right? So this is long form, what we're doing here on the podcast. You can splice this up. You could write a blog on it. You can, you know, you can repurpose the content from one piece that you're doing. So that's another way you could think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's good because uh, you, you can, and you, you can repurpose that, like you said, in different forms, you, you can do a blog format. You can turn that into a, a an Instagram reel, uh, you can turn that into an educational post. Uh, you can you can do a, a video on YouTube with it. So take the same content, but put it out there in multiple, multiple locations to wherever your followers may be. Yep, spot on. Yeah, and I love what you said about pillars because I, I I think that people need the little boundaries. Like, don't be all over the place. Be a little bit more focused. Stick to those three, four, maybe five at most. But I like three things that you just kind of stick to. So you 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 attract a tribe that are also into those three things. Yeah, so spot on. And it's really hard to stick to, to one thing because when you're setting out, you're just trying to get an audience. Yeah. So you want to be everything to everybody, but and it feels polar opposite of what you should be doing. You're trying to be everything to everybody because you're, you just want to attract the tribe, but you don't realize actually just what you need to do is just be hardcore in what you actually believe. Yeah. Be authentic. Like think of the Kardashians. Think of, um, I'm trying to like, the, the people out there that are really popular on social, they're really popular because they are very polar polarizing in their beliefs, right? Right, wrong, or indifferent, whatever mm -hmm. you think about those people, it doesn't matter. It's like they are willing to be authentic in what they are doing or, or at least be polarizing in, in believing in what they're doing, that that's what attracts an audience. Yeah, I think I, and the mistake I made, a lot of people make is you try not to you're trying to cast too wide of a net and you're trying not to offend anyone and you're trying to, and you come across as way too vanilla and you're really not attracting anybody that way. Yep. Uh, well, spot on, man. Spot on. Uh, actually, a great thing in marketing to try to do is to try to think about the hook, uh, like your intro or the hook and your things by stating something that everybody thinks is true and you say this is not true. So like an example would be knowledge is not power. Everybody thinks knowledge is power. Knowledge is not power. And then you go on to explain. So my intro to my video would be, hey, knowledge is not power. Those people who've been telling you knowledge is power, they're dead wrong. Totally wrong. Will never be successful. Now you're interested to hear what I say. So you're hooked in. And then I go, knowledge is not power. I know a lot of people who read tons of books and they are not successful at all. Knowledge plus action is power. Right. So it's just the yeah. way like the yeah, thing about yeah. your marketing hooks is to go, how do I do something polarizing? How do I do something <laughs> where people go, you know, it's stick around? Hey, it's not about being known, like, and trusted. Everybody who tells you you should be known, like, and trusted is totally wrong. And then all of a sudden people stick around and go, well, what do you mean? Because I think you should be known, like, and trusted. Yeah. And, and then I got, I got hooked exactly yeah. by that recently because someone made a post and they said the most successful people in the world do not use uh, uh, to-do lists. And I was like, what? What do you mean yeah. you don't use to-do lists? <laughs> you know, I used to-do lists and and the same thing. And and because it, it captivated me, I'm like, what do you mean? That, that can't be true. And I dug into it and they were they had that spin on it. They're like, well, they, they used to-do lists, but in a completely different way. Or they were talking exactly. about time boxing and things like that and, and different methods of how to use to-do lists. And I was I was hooked and I, I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was so clever. 
Another thing I heard that was really valuable to me on content creation and might help some people in the audience listening. I learned it. I believe it was Grant Cardone to give him credit is uh, he took, takes his life and he literally maps out on paper his whole life. So for me, using me as an example, it would be like I was homeschooled. I put that up on the page. Uh, for me, I'm the son of a pastor. Put that up on the page. For me, I'm married to my wife, Megan, and I have a daughter. Put that up on the page. Like I just document everything about my life. And then when you think about your content, go, how can I use a story from my past? And you have all the things of your past right in front of you. And, and then where it gets really good is what are the big events happening right now? in the world, the news cycles, what are the headlines and how do you look at the headline, take an event from your life and then tie it to your product or whatever you're doing. And that's where the great marketers really succeed. And that just was a hack that really helped me in creating content was documenting out my whole life. So I have, you know, content to choose from. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's such amazing tips there. And I, I've run out of room to write more notes on there, but I'm going to I'm gonna re-listen to this, this podcast again. Uh, just, just great, great marketing tips in there. And I'm I, going back to what you said before uh, and talking about, um, you know, building that impact where you're personalizing things because I think people, they look at the sale and they look, they look at a transaction type relationship and, and they don't really get to know the customer and really learn about them. And I've learned that it's best to ask a lot of questions so you can gather that information so you knew, know who your customer is so you can you know, tailor your solution for that, for that person, personalize it. Yeah, it's spot on. Like discovery, consultant-based selling is usually the best type of selling uh, because the, the customer ends up selling themselves. But ultimately what happens in psychology mm -hmm. is familiarity creates comfort. So if someone feels like they are familiar with you, right, they, they become comfortable with you. But how do you get familiarity if it comes to frequency, right? So the more I'm in front of somebody, the more familiar they become with me, the more familiar they become with me, the more comfortable they come. And now I can build that trust. So asking a lot of questions gets people familiar with you because the best way to get people to open up is be vulnerable yourself. So if you're ever in a networking event, and you want to go introduce yourself to somebody and you want to have a great conversation and you struggle making the conversation natural, use the Ford method, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. But when you ask people about their family, don't just sit there cold after they answer. Tell them about your family. Yeah. Right? You, when you create vulnerability, they create vulnerability. That vulnerability creates familiarity. That then gives you the premise for trust. No, great, great stuff. I, I wish we had more time to, to dive into this more. We're going to have a have to have you back on a future episode and and do another one because you could you could write a whole book on what you just shared in the past 20 minutes here on this episode. So uh, our guest today has been Luke Acre. He is the authority on leadership, lead generation and referrals and is uh, one of the owners of Reminder Media. So thanks so much for being on our program, Luke. Brian, thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode of Good Life, Great Life, brought to you by Brian Highfield. We hope you enjoy listening to this week's guests and stories. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts.